0: Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm going to be joined in a second by Brian Smith, and we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. But first, I do want to let you know that Locked On LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting because you guys love it when we talk about recruiting. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? How is Haines City, Davenport area treating you? Very well, actually. Um, yeah.
1: It's quiet, it's easy going, and I still got access to all the things I need.
0: Good times. The downside to it is you're probably a little closer to I-4, and I-4, as we all know, is the devil. There's nothing else to add to that. (laughs) So, anyway, um, we have a couple things we want to talk to today. We're going to talk a little bit about Nareel White. We're going to talk a little bit about Trevor Jackson, the quarterback from Jones High School in Winter Garden, Florida. And we're just going to talk about recruiting in general. But let's start with Nareel White. He's decommitted to Arkansas there's stories all over the place that he's eventually going to commit to Ole Miss, but we all know that in recruiting that that is always subject to change. Uh, what what would you say about in the real why? What, what do you think this means? What about all of any of this?
1: Well, I think it's called due diligence. Wayne Kiffin and his staff have stayed on him, even though he committed early to the Razorbacks. They get him up for Juice Fest. They turn the recruitment around. He decommits. And now they're trending for him. They've done their due diligence. This is what they should do. They're the in-state school for an elite prospect. you got to go after him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, wh- which seven-on-seven seven team does he play for? I want to say it's Mississippi Heat, but I'm not sure. Yeah, They're the ones that have the really just fire uniforms, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, God, that could be a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it kind of it looks like Mardi Gras. It's like the purple, yellow, and green. Oh, okay. Well, that's bootleggers. That's bootleggers. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a really good player. I'm looking forward to whenever this decision is made. Like I said, Ole Miss is trending for him right now. There's probably crystal balls and um RPMs that are going from going in for him all over the place. But this would be a big pickup for Ole Miss. And if and when he does commit, I will be doing a breakdown segment on my show um as well. And I'm sure me and Brian will talk about it as well. Now the one thing the one thing that we want to talk about is the team that is trending right now. Um, for Trevor Jackson is the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, this is quarterback out of Winter Garden, Florida, Jones High School. Um, he was a, I don't want to say alternate, but he apparently performed fairly well at the Elite Eleven Orlando. Um, he won the strongest arm competition. The guy has a gun. Honestly, I don't know if which you who you would compare him to. But stylistically, watching his highlights, he looks like Spencer Sanders.
1: I know him very well, and I've seen him play 10 times conservatively. I don't know who I would compare him to. I, I know Trevor pretty well. He kind of does his own thing, but in the last year, his refinement with his motion, you know, same thing over and over again, the quarterback play in particular, if, if there's any spot that you need that signal caller is it, he has completely jumped Way up the ladder, he went from a guy that I thought was group of five to definitely power five in like six months, like higher end. UCLA offered Pittsburgh and all these different schools, and it's just bizarre. So, uh, he told me a few weeks back that he was going to visit Ole Miss, he was pretty excited about it. I got the vibe he wasn't going to go to Pitt. Uh, Dante Moore went to UCLA, and even though they'd offered that's kind of hard to follow him. I mean, I thought he was the best player in the country last year, kid out of Detroit King signed with UCLA. So Ole Miss was kind of trending in the right spot there. So barring them not doing well on the visit, which obviously didn't happen if he's getting
0: crystal balls and all that stuff, I'd say he's going to end up at
1: uh, Oxford.
0: Yeah. It, it all looks pretty good. And I was looking at the film for Trevor, and we did a breakdown on him on Friday's podcast. And the one thing that you notice, this kid is really good at like hole shots um, as a high school quarterback and and stuff like that. Yeah, and you can just – he flashes on tape.
1: He has the ability with his arm strength to throw it down the field, whether it's a looping pass or whether it's a line drive. He's got the arm strength to do it. And just physically, if you were to throw him out there at safety or receiver, he could play that too. So this is a kid that can play from the pocket. But if it breaks down, he fits Lane Kiffin, where Kiffin, you know, he's a structured quarterback guy. But as soon as he got away from SC, it really changed a lot. He started using guys in different ways at different schools. I think he likes uh, Trevor in an RPO-based offense with the kind of receivers, the real white, that Ole Miss seems to get. Man, he could be a really dynamic player.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 pretty excited about what this could potentially mean if they both commit to Ole Miss. This potentially could be a very good month for the Ole Miss Rebels on the recruiting front. Now, other players that are coming on, there's a recruiting reset. I've seen some crystal balls for Auburn for Camarian Franklin. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all.
1: Now, mm-hmm. yeah. I've I've heard that he's probably leaning there. That's what I was told recently. So now I've also heard him trend about 83 other schools. So how much concern do I have over that? None. This is a game of ping pong. The ball goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. So Ole Miss, the only concern I have for them is he lives so close. Why hasn't he committed already? But at the same time, a lot of kids like this end up picking home at the end. So the longer this goes, the better it is for Wayne Kiffin and the old Miss Rebels.
0: Yeah, I think I got a DM Thursday that said, hey, um, I'm friends with so-and-so person that is attached closely to the family of Kamarian, oh, frankly. Here, yeah, we here yeah, we go. Thing. And this is what's happening. And I was like, Okay. You know, it's one of those things you take it, you listen to it because there's a chance they might be right, but you take it with a grain of salt as well. But in recruiting stories like that, just it it makes my day because everybody knows somebody. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> if
1: yeah. I reported every time I got a text message or mm. some kind of, I would be the world's biggest moron because mm. so much that I get, I, like I'll get stuff to kids going to go to a school and they don't finish in the final three. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, glad I didn't talk about that. You know, yeah. I just, i leave that alone. one. You got to do your own investigating. There mm-hmm. is no shortcut. I, I know you know that, but it's yeah, a lot right. harder than people think. Building contacts you can trust. That's years and years of it, brother.
0: Yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, all of this happens. Every big kid that com- um, commits, there's two or three people that I have come up that's like, hey, Look at this. And, like, for instance, Centurion Perkins. Um, oh, I think it was a month before signing day. I was I got a DM about it. It was like, hey, inside information, I know you want him to go to Ole Miss, but I'm just going to let you right now. He's probably going to end up at Alabama. And this is why I think that and all of that. And I was like, okay, you know, same thing. You have grain of salt, take it with it. And, obviously, he's playing football at Ole Miss. First team reps in um, the first day of full pads as well. You and I are not surprised by that. No, not, <laughs> at, not even a little bit. Which, which spot are they playing Perkins? I think he's being played at the will.
1: Oh, wow. They're giving him an inside spot right off the bat. That's a lot of
0: responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I, he just seems to be a sponge taking it all in. It, it, it's, it's if pretty you cool. Can it figure
1: a, it out above the shoulders as well as God blessed him physically.
0: three and out. Yeah. Well, I think he's a three and out regardless. Uh, it just might take him a year or two to figure it out, but by year three, this th- there's not going to be any doubt he's one of the best players on the field. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of a Patrick Willis situation. I talked about that. That's the person that whenever people talk about Centarian Perkins, it was the Patrick Willis story, even though one was a five star and Patrick was, believe it or not, a two star. But this was back in the early days of recruiting service. But he didn't play much at linebackers for true freshman year. He played on special teams and he flashed like crazy. But people, Ole Miss fans, judge what he became in 2006 for or 2005, what should have happened in 2003. And I was like, no, Santarion is going to play with exactly the amount and the, exactly the reps that he can handle. And they they're not going to hold this kid back. So if he's not on the field, there's a reason for it.
1: Yeah, if he figures out the playbook, just like any other freshman defensive player where he's not spinning and in his mind so the feet stop, then he's there's no reason to stand him next to Lane. Mm-hmm. Put him on the field and let him chase the football.
0: Yeah, and, and him and Monty Montgomery at linebacker, that's, that's intriguing as hell to me, man.
1: Well, those kind of guys can chase the football like in old school days, but they can also get out in the flat, mm-hmm. and zone up with a guy – and chase him down in a screen game situation, a flare pass, one of those little shifty running backs. That's the difference now. Linebackers, it used to be they could be thumpers. you got to be able to thump some, but if you can't cover, I'm just going to go out and play after play and expose him. Mm-hmm. You could be the best player from 1985. You may not even start today because the game has changed so much.
0: Yeah, an interesting situation, and this is a completely random game I'm about the throw at you. Do you remember when Florida almost beat Alabama in the Swamp? Dan Mullen was the coach. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they ran the ball
0: crazy in that game. Yeah. 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 But the one thing that got exposed is through use of tight end like Kyle Pitts and a couple of players, they just kept going at Henry Toa Toa. Even though he's a five-star, yeah, he couldn't cover cover it. And that that's the reason Florida nearly won that game. And that's just an example in a spread offense. If you find a weakness, You don't over and over, over and over, over and over. Yeah. It's that guy could
1: stop the run. He was a killer, but yeah, Mm -hmm. in space, he was okay at at best.
0: He's kind of the modern equivalent of like those Alabama linebackers from 2010.
1: Those guys were good, but the era has Mm -hmm. changed. They're they're Mm -hmm. just exposed play after play now. And that's probably why Bama didn't win more titles. Nick didn't change his linebackers quick enough. Mm -hmm. Clemson started the trend and some other schools, Ohio state, yeah, linebackers, man, they got to be able to cover.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you, Ole Miss is doing an interesting thing this year. And I I, I don't know if you've noticed it, but their defensive linemen that they're big. They're big across the front. But their linebackers apparently, if they do this, there might be 210 pounds, 220 pounds, like jumbo type safety type linebackers. That's so for it's the al- reason we were just talking about. Yeah, it's almost a four seven defense.
1: <laughs> Suntarian doesn't have a position.
0: I don't know what – he's just a football player. Call it whatever you want. But it's going to be really interesting indeed. But um, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Later on this weekend, David Eckert from Beat Reporter on Ole Miss from the Clarion Ledger will be on the show. We'll also have Tom Vanderford as well. As, any, as well as anything that is fall camp related, we'll jump in and do a reaction or Ovid reaction video as well. Anyway, thank you, Brian, for hopping on today, man. Appreciate it, sir. You have a wonderful day. All right, you too.